Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode, looking at life at Hobridge School. Well, welcome. Today we are joined by Essen Anwar Khan. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I am good. So I I hear that you left Hobridge a few years ago and now at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. So what year did you actually leave and uh, what are some of your best or biggest memories from your time there? Yeah, so I left back in 2017 um, at the end of year six and I think it's hard to, to pinpoint one memory, but I think the thing that I'll always remember is the amount of opportunities that we were presented with um, as a student at Haybridge. So firstly in the sports field, I mean, we did all four major sports that you could you could do, so hockey, cricket, rugby and uh, and football. And it didn't really matter how good you were at those sports, you always had the opportunity to play in a competitive team. So in the years I was there, we had um, A teams to D teams in, uh, in all sports. Which is very impressive. Yeah. And it meant that we could all have fun throughout the week uh, playing against other local teams and local schools. I feel like that was definitely uh, definitely a great thing uh, that I remember that. And I, again, it wasn't only on the sports fields. Um, so we had hobbies periods, um, which were basically periods throughout the week that we could do anything that the school offered. I remember doing periods where we just built Lego for a while. Um, all the way, yeah. Sounds like every, every young person's dream. Every kid's it? dream, yeah, back in year three. Um you go to school and you end up building Lego for half the day. Um, I can imagine your parents ask you, okay, so what did you do at school today? Oh, I spent the whole day building Lego, thinking, uh, yeah. right, what do we get? So, okay, so you talk about these opportunities and the, the and hobbies, and obviously I think hobbies are really important. So what were some of the hobbies or things that you discovered that you perhaps would not have tried out unless you'd had time at Hobridge? I mean, I don't really see myself as much of an artist um, uh, when I was younger, but I think... I'm not sure if she's still there, but Miss Batelia was the head of art when I was at Hobridge and she really helped me get into art um, from year four kind of onwards. And in those hobbies periods, I chose art for quite a few of the terms that I was there. And it really helped me discover like a, a passion for art that I didn't really know I had. Gosh, and have you continued that now at your new school or not? Yeah, I, I tried to continue it for the first couple of years, but um, going into GCSEs and now at the A-levels, my, uh, my schedule got a bit busy, so I had to unfortunately... Uh, give up on it but it was still okay, great well, to be able to experience it back in back in Hobridge all those yeah. years ago and I think and I think that's such a valuable thing isn't it because it's so true we often as people don't we, we box ourselves into the areas we're like well we're not very good at this we're very good and actually having yeah. the space to try things out um we actually can learn so much yeah so you mentioned opportunities and I like the fact you uh, started SM with sport um so if I was going to sort of put you on a desert island and say you could only play one sport out of those four which one would you pick? I think it's it's got to be hockey. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I do hear that you're a bit of a hockey player. In fact, an international hockey player, I think. Is this true? Yes, it is. I, I okay. played for the England under-18 team. Oh, congratulations. So tell me a little bit more about your journey to being selected for England. How did that come about and what type of things has that actually involved to get you to that place? It's almost like a, a chain or a process that you go through going up through the levels. So I started off... Um, at under-13s playing for Surrey a year up. So Surrey starts under-14s and I was fortunate enough to play two seasons, one in my under-13 year and one in my under-14 year. And in those two seasons, we kind of just played other counties across the UK uh, in almost like a league-type competition. Right, um, okay. And that was a really good way to start getting into proper competitive hockey uh, at quite a young age. 
Um, and after a couple good seasons, uh, good seasons with Surrey, I was put into a performance center. So what they are is they're like um, kind of higher level uh, hockey development places where you just get better and um, you play with people who are undoubtedly better because you know it's more streamlined and um, for people of your level. So I started that at under 15s and I had another good season there and I was selected to play for the the Southwest England team mm-hmm. and under 15 competition uh, with I think four England teams, a Welsh team and a Scottish team. I was called Futures Cup. But, you know, we had a had a good tournament down there. Ended up getting an England trial for the under-16 season. And after a couple of good uh, trial periods, I, I unfortunately didn't get it that year. So I missed out at the last stage. But I went back to the performance centre, you know, knowing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And after experiencing, even at an under-16 level, the England kind of set up, I knew I wanted to keep working to get into that next age group so which was the under 18s for me i had a year of under 17s performance center to go before that i ended up um training with or my coach was jamie whitehouse i think he's been on the oh, podcast yes. before uh, an ex-hobridge yeah. hockey coach um uh, yeah him and the other coaches really helped me kind of get from that slump of not getting into under 16s to really mm-hmm. being able to you know compete for an under 18 spot and yeah, after after working with the coaches that year, um, I was able to you know go go through to trials for under 18s and become an under 18s keeper for England. And I haven't really looked back since. Amazing. I mean, I think it's really important that you mentioned, and I want to find out a little bit more. What does that sort of performance centre, you know, where does that fit in around your school day? But also as well, as it'd be interesting to hear more. You sort of mentioned about that slump, and obviously when you've been you know competing at high level sport, and you've often been really good at it you know what did that actually feel like and how did you move out of that how did you sort of mentally go right okay fine I haven't got that space at the moment but I'm going to fight for it so I've asked you about five questions there so let's just take one question first so talk talk me sort of through you know overcoming those challenges when you didn't make the spot the first time and how did you actually mentally prepare yourself to kind of keep going forward absolutely so I think the thing for me was that I'd worked so hard or I thought I'd worked so hard to try and get into the under 16s team and then missing out at the last stage so after three four months of trialing it really just kind of you know it's a big big you know let down to yourself you almost mm-hmm. feel like you haven't done yourself proud but yeah then, totally yeah so I, I had a couple of weeks off hockey and I just thought you know what I'm just going to think about playing and if I want to do this and then you remember why why you put in the hard work and at the start you know you you think about how far you've come and um, so all the way from Surrey back in under 13s um, you just remember that you enjoy the sport you love the sport and there's a reason you wanted to play for England in this sport and I think remembering why I even started playing the game and why I decided to even trial for England in the first place and try to get into that under 16 spot really helped me to you know pull myself back up and think to myself that there's no use in me just being sad about not getting in the first time around I've got another few opportunities you know, I really enjoy the sport. I've got the uh, I've got the coaches willing to support me. There's not much point in me being sad about it. I I should really be be able to jump back up, get ready for the next season, and work even harder this time to make sure that you know that I get into the under eighteen squad. I mean, that is a mature attitude, and that yeah. does take a lot, doesn't it? And I you know, you used to say, it, and I love that you're very articulate as well as I'm talking about it. But that must have been a hard thing to do. But actually, discovering the love for something as well, going back to the root is very important i you know often think yeah absolutely 
yeah, there's not much point in paying in all the hard work in the first place if you don't enjoy the sport. Um, and yeah, you say it was quite a mature thing to do. I'll, I'll be honest with you, that was more my coaches speaking for me and, and making me realise um, back at under 15, under 16, making me realise why, why I even tried to get there in the first place. Um, but definitely, if you don't love the sport, uh, you know, if you mm-hmm. don't enjoy the sport in the first place, there's not much point, you know, trying to get to that level. Well, congratulations. And uh, it's so it's so great to actually hear from that. And I'm sure, you know, those people, today's people actually at Hobridge listening to this podcast will be inspired by that and actually remind themselves that there are going to be humps and different setbacks which we have to overcome. So as your uh, hockey career is reaching these new heights. Um what impact do you think that your time actually at Hobridge had on you as a sportsman? How did it prepare you for what you're doing today? I mean, it's got to come back to the opportunities in the first place. So I don't think I would have ever played hockey had I not been at Hobridge. Uh, right, okay, good. So that's the first point. <laughs> that's, that's definitely the first point. I mean, I always saw myself as a, as a football player. I, I played a fair amount of football. I went on tour with school to the Netherlands, I think, in year six or year five. I can't remember now. But it was... Mrs. Thornton Pickering, I'm not sure if she's still here, but um, it was her who actually told me that I should probably think about joining a hockey club and that I should start playing hockey uh, after seeing me in a couple training sessions. So, you know, I joined Waking Hockey Club after her advice um, and decided and kind of realised, I guess, that it was actually a really fun sport and something that I wanted to uh, wanted to continue with. So I kept on playing and um, I got to a level where I was like, you know what I think I can get into Surrey and at that age that was the the peak of hockey uh, for, a, for an under 13 under 14 mm-hmm. level player so I spoke to a couple of coaches here at Hobridge um, and it was them who actually put me forward to, to go to Surrey oh, okay so they spotted something in you they, they, they thought, spotted right, it is... first yeah and so I don't think if I hadn't been at Hobridge I'm not sure if I would have actually started playing hockey because I wouldn't have got to you know experience it and I wouldn't have been told by my coaches that you know it's actually you're actually pretty good at it. You mm-hmm. might want to consider taking it further. And I wouldn't have got the support and, okay. and the trial, I guess, to sorry at that age. So, I mean, so the opportunities that they, A, gave you to to actually try out this sport, then also the fact that they spotted something in you and they also set the goal and said, look, there are these things to aim for. Now, if there's somebody listening who has maybe never played hockey, what is your elevator pitch to them? What would you say, Why would you say that hockey is a brilliant sport? I guess the thing about hockey is it's, it's definitely a team sport um, on and mm-hmm. off the pitch. So I've made friends for life and I've known some of the guys that I've played with since it must have been year five now. Um, I've still made friends from Hobridge and retained friends from Hobridge um, at my hockey clubs um, and, you know, playing with them all these years. I think the great thing about hockey as well is that it's such a fast growing sport in the UK um, and there's loads of opportunities popping up everywhere now. So you've got a hockey club in Waking, one in Guildford, um, Old Cranlins isn't too far away as well. There's loads of opportunities and, and places that you can just kind of join and experience the sport and get in quite early. Um, I think it's definitely a very yeah, fast-growing sport and it's a fun sport as well. You, you just have to experience it. I mean, there's not much I can say. Try it, try yes, it. Try and would it. you say as well, because obviously I think uh, there are some sports out there where um, men's sports seem to obviously be featured far more would you say it's also a good sport that both women and men both have sort of equal opportunities oh definitely i think hockey is one of those sports where the men's and women's game is viewed quite equally mm-hmm. almost everywhere you go so i don't think i've ever seen a hockey club where there hasn't been where there's been more women's team than men's teams or the other way around so you know there's always opportunities for both men and women and girls and boys and um, i think 
that's quite fortunate about the sport. You get to make a lot of friends, you know, both girls and boys. And um, the fact that, you know, the sport is growing so fast in both fields is, is something you don't really get. Unfortunately, we haven't really got it until, you know, um, the last few years. But hockey's always been a unisex kind of sport, so it's a great thing to get involved in. Okay, so another thing to advocate, particularly yeah. to all those young people. And I'm just going to circle back to my. So how do you balance your kind of, as you talked about as well, kind of preparing, going for your A-levels and things with the performance and all the different training? What what does it look like for you, perhaps on a weekly basis? It's quite busy. Um, so I play hockey. <laughs> Is that the understatement of the century? Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite busy. <laughs> during, during the school week, um, I've probably got training about four times a week. So I'd have two men's trainings a couple school trainings and then an under 18 session with my with my club and then on the weekends moving into this year I'm going to have games tw- two games on a Saturday and then a game on a Sunday so it's definitely going to be a very very busy season but I guess I've just got to got to manage my time quite effectively I was about to say okay and what, what are you currently studying as well your A-levels what are the other things you're looking at around so there? I'm doing politics economics and math for my A-levels and I'm looking to uh, apply for law at my universities. Okay, right. Okay, alongside playing hockey, probably alongside as well. playing hockey. And are you and do you spend a lot of time travelling? Um, I'm sort of thinking if you're playing like two matches on a Saturday, two matches on a Sunday, or are you mainly playing in the sort of Surrey League at the moment? Um, no, you definitely spend a lot of time travelling. So for school, it is kind of around Surrey. Um, so we play at schools in Croydon, maybe schools in Hampshire and Kent if uh, if we get to a certain level in the league. But <laughs> yeah, for for men's teams, you kind of go across the country and for England in particular. So I go to train up in Birmingham because uh, it's kind oh. of the centre of the country. Everyone can get there oh, quite easily, it? okay, but it's right, still yeah. like a, a four-hour drive and you go there every every couple of weeks, maybe every three weeks, I think, um, just to train with, with the with the England squad. And it's, it's, you know, it's a long journey um, and to do it alongside your men's matches and your school matches it's, it is quite hard, but you know, it comes back to enjoying the sport you just remember why you're doing it and why you're going up to play. Uh, and that kind of just helps. Yeah, I can imagine. So if there was a pupil um, in year four at Hobridge and they asked you, how can I become an international hockey player or an international hockey goalkeeper? Because you're a goalkeeper. What two pieces of advice would you give them, Essen? I think the first thing is that you have to be determined and hardworking. So I'm not going to lie to a year three. It's very, you know, it's a lot of hard work. It's very demanding on and off the pitch. Um, that it takes, you know, you might miss out on a few parties uh, when you get older or you might miss out on going out with your friends, but you're going to have to make those commitments if you want to get to the top level. Um, and I guess the second bit of advice and arguably the most important bit of, of advice, and I come back to it again, is that you have to enjoy the sport. You know, mm-hmm. that If you're going to miss these opportunities, if you're going to work that hard for it and, you know, make those sacrifices, you have to really enjoy playing the sport and you have to really think about, you know, why you want to get to that top level. Is it, it doesn't have to be hockey. It can be football, cricket, rugby, any other sport. But, you know, the principles are the same. If you don't enjoy it, you're never going to, you know, you're never going to get to that top level because you'll never think of those sacrifices as a as a good thing for your career. Those are two excellent pieces of advice. And a goalkeeper, because obviously I always think I look at goalkeeper and think, oh, my goodness, you, you're carrying the weight of, you know, obviously the goals being yes. fired at you, particularly a hockey ball as well, which, I mean, I know you're padded up. Yeah. Um, but why did you choose to become a goalkeeper? Someone, what would you say that a goalkeeper needs specifically compared to the rest of the team? You definitely need to have something something about you because, you know, going and going <laughs> yeah, with, well, with the balls coming at you that fast, it's not exactly most people's first 
first choice. I mean, it wasn't my first choice. I was just throwing in goal one day. So oh. I ended up turning up to a match. The keeper couldn't come. So I just jumped in. I played all right. And um, I decided that going in goal, all my coaches decided for me that going in goal for the rest of the season was probably the right idea. Did they? Okay. So you were sort of, you were, so you were pushed in there and then you're like, I didn't get to come out of the box. But then going back to, going back to Hobridge, so I was playing in goal for the club, but I always kind of played outfield for Hobridge. But when we started to do it properly, uh, I'd say maybe year four, year five onwards, I know me and a few of the other keepers back then, the reason that we decided to continue playing in goal is so we didn't have to do the running before the, before the training session. I know it's quite a lazy way of, um, of playing the well, sport. Good, but, to, uh, good to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's firstly why I did it. And I know a few others did as well. It was definitely a different experience as to playing upfield, but I just enjoyed it so much I decided to continue playing in goal. Okay, great. Uh, are there any particular moments that you can remember where you've like where you've saved goal, you were just astounded, or um, were you sort of sort of highly surprised? You thought, "Oh wow, that's something I'll treasure forever." Yeah, um, there's there's quite a few um, because you know you played a lot of matches. Yeah, I've played I've played quite a bit, but um, I think more recently the, the the experience or the game in which I made quite a few decent saves, and I thought to myself, well, "I've actually played all right there." I don't know how I've done it, but I've played well. It was against um, against Germany, so this was. I think a couple months ago, uh, England 18s versus Germany 18s. We ended up losing that match uh, by goal, I'm pretty sure. But I ended up getting the coaches and players man of the match because uh, I made a couple really good saves. Wow, done. Yeah, that's um, impressive. Yeah, thank and you. And so what, what, do the, what does the save look like? I mean, is that you sort of, yeah, just describe for somebody as well if they're trying to imagine what that might look like. If you're going in the court, what the coaches say you, right, is you have to, you have to use your feet if it's on the floor and if it's you have to kind of push off with your legs. So it's almost like um it's almost like you're lunging with an intent to save the ball. Uh but what I'll tell you is that, you know, anything anytime you dive, it kind of just looks better and it feels better. So when you when you dive for the ball and you make a save, it just looks really good. Uh, it looks really good when they when they show you a photo of it after the game. And I, I really enjoy those moments. Uh, so were you using your hockey stick or are you just sort of diving using your body? Um, yeah, so when, when I dive, I, I go with, depending on the side, you either go with your stick or your glove on the other side. I would say it's very similar to football uh, in, in the types of saves you make. Um, so the dives are very, very similar. Um, all, also like wicket keeping. Um, so if you're if you're keeping with a uh, with a seam bowler and, and someone nicks it, the dive is quite similar and the motions that you make, it's all quite similar throughout those three sports. You're the Johnny Bairstow, are you? Of the... the Johnny Bairstow of hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. catching it all the time and saving it all the time. <laughs> so I'm sure you've obviously heard, yeah, exactly. I'm sure you've heard that Hope Ridge now is expanding uh, and going up to year 11, becoming that first independent senior school in Woking. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? What would it look like for you if you'd stayed on there? See, I'm, I'm a bit jealous, I'll be honest with you. I would have, I would have loved to stay um, throughout you know, my, my secondary school life at Hobridge. But I think you know, it's great news to be able to have an independent school, an independent senior school in Wakefield like that. It just brings like more opportunities to a lot more people um, in the local area. And I would have appreciated it if I was, uh, if, if I was there now. But yeah, I just... I think with the high level of education and opportunities that I got, I have no doubt that it's going to be a success. And um, have you managed to return and visit in your last five years since you left? Yeah, definitely. So my brother left a couple of years ago as well. So I would go sometimes to pick him up and say hi to a couple of the old teachers when I was there. And I I, I live about five minutes away up the road. So um, it is quite near to me. I always drive past it every day. But uh, 
those memories flashing back, I guess you could say. But um, yeah, I do visit the school every now and again. And what do you think of some of the more recent changes that you've seen around the school? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I've never got to experience a new prefect building. I'm not sure how new it is uh, for current students, but um, it does look very nice. Uh, and um, yeah, I haven't seen, I've heard there's a new a new cafeteria um, and a new uh, drama block as well. I'm yet to see that, but uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to go down at some point and see what it looks like. I know we didn't do drama when I was there, so that's in another opportunity I get. You, I guess you get oh, here. Yeah. Gosh, imagine if you'd had that as one of your yes, hobbies instead of just Lego. And... It would have been a very busy day for me. I wouldn't have wanted to leave. Totally. So just uh, before we close, if you were going to sort of give me three words to describe Hobridge, or oh, I'll let you have up to five if you need to. Yeah, how, how would you how would you put Hobridge into words for people who are listening, thinking, I don't know this school, I really want to find out more about it? I, I guess it's very hard to put it down into three or even five words, I'll be honest with okay. you. But um, I think opportunities i've said it a lot today that's definitely yeah. up there uh enjoyable like, i don't think i ever went to hobridge in the morning really dreading the day i always kind of was excited for something so that's definitely up there as well um and achieving so at the end of the day we we go to independent senior uh, junior school you know to get maybe a good 11 plus or a common entrance or at this point now you can't stay at hobridge um through to your gcse's but um definitely it's a very high achieving school uh, and that's one of the reasons that I joined in the first place I think um I'll keep it at three today well you did brilliantly I love I think those were three brilliant words yeah. um well it's been a pleasure to speak to you today and thank you so much for answering all my questions about hockey so wishing you all the best with um your next ventures we look forward to hearing your name particularly also as hockey is an Olympic sport as well and maybe um, one day. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, following your journey. So thank you so much for spending the time today, Essen. Absolutely. It was great to be on the show. Thank you. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, hobridgeschool.co.uk. Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.